Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Stagecraft, Variety's theater podcast bringing you backstage and behind the scenes with stars, creators, and industry leaders on Broadway and beyond. I'm Gordon Cox. On this episode of Stagecraft, I'm talking to the writer Susan Laurie Parks and the director Kenny Leon. Parks is the award-winning novelist, screenwriter, and playwright of shows including Venus, In the Blood, The Death of the Last Black Man in the Whole Entire World, and of Top Dog Underdog, the 2001 play that won her a Pulitzer Prize. She's currently collaborating with director Leon on a Broadway revival of Top Dog Underdog, starring rising young actors Corey Hawkins and Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. Both Leon and Parks are in the midst of a busy season, with Parks simultaneously premiering a new play, Sally and Tom, now at the Guthrie Theatre in Minneapolis, plus two productions on the way at Off-Broadway's Public Theatre, including one in which she also stars. Meanwhile, Leon, in addition to Top Dog Underdog, is directing an upcoming fall revival of Adrian Kennedy's Ohio State Murders, and he's also joined the producing team of the new musical Some Like It Hot. Now, both artists are taking a moment out of their busy schedules to join me in the virtual studio to talk spiritual inspiration, making work that matters, and why Top Dog Underdog makes Parks think of Doctor Strange. Hi, Susan, Laurie, and Kenny. Thanks for joining me. Hey, good to see you, Gordon. Happy to be here, man. Um, So, Susan Laurie, the last time you and I spoke, you told me about the genesis of Top Dog Underdog, and I think it's a great story. So I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit about how you first wrote the play, how the idea came to you, and what the writing process was like. Sure. I I hope I'm consistent with what I said before. (laughs) I didn't read my notes. Um, But uh, let's see. So I was hanging out with a friend, and I said out loud, oh, I know what my next play is going to be. Two brothers, Lincoln and Booth, but I'm bump, you know, like a, yeah. like a comedic thing. <laughs> and she said, uh, 
you better go home and write. And I said, yeah, you think? Okay. So I went home and I started writing and it was uh, the 6th of January. I remember that because I, every year since then, I've celebrated Top Dog Day. Mm. I started writing, it came very quickly and by, that was a Wednesday and by Friday afternoon, I had finished a pretty solid draft of the play. Yeah, it seems like it can. This was 6th of January, 1999. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. And it seems like it came to you almost uh, kind of divinely inspired, that it was kind of downloading into your head. Is that is that right? Yeah. For those of us who believe in the spirit. Hmm. Um, yes. <laughs> and does that happen often? Is that the kind of thing where you are following? Are you the kind of writer who follow, who hears voices and follows them um, or hears ideas and sort of follows them and they kind of appear full yeah, form? Yeah, fully yeah, formed yeah. well, the spirit is always singing. Mm. And so, and I'm, you know, I'm always listening. I mean, sometimes I listen better than others, <laughs> you know, but um, yes. And, and yeah. so was there something... Was it a similar process for something like your new play, the one you're working on right now in Minneapolis, Sally and Tom? The, no. See, that's the thing. Mm. Every project I work on and write comes in a different way. Mm. And it comes in the best way. It, it is it always in the best incarnation that it should be for the story. Mm. But the arrival is very different. So I have to really be on my toes. That's why I have to listen all the time. I can't just cookie cutter my shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm. Although I would love cookies, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it, it, it ain't like that. So after Top Dog came, I was for like five minutes, I walked around going, yeah, I'm a three day playwright. <laughs> and then that bubble was very quickly burst when I sat down to write the next thing. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Kenny, when did you first encounter Top Dog Underdog? Do you remember when you first saw it or read it and what you thought of it? Wow, that's interesting because I didn't, I didn't see it uh, on Broadway. Mm. So I must have read it, and I, I know from the first encounter with it, I've always loved that play. I've always said like, okay, not that I don't respect everything that uh, uh, SLP does, but I was like, that's the one. That's the one. Not as an artist, but that's the one. As a black man in America, that really just went to my core and it stayed to my core. Uh, but now, 20 years after she put pen to paper, it's, it, it exceeds its brilliance. It exceeds what I thought it was or how great it was. And uh, I jokingly, I mess with her in rehearsal. I, I jokingly, but seriously, refer to her as the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Um, because because she is and because I'm now convinced after after working on this play and in this process with two great great actors mm -hmm. and and having her in the space I'm really now convinced that you know I don't know I know none better mm -hmm. um, and it's be, it's because it feels universal, it feels spiritual, it feels connected to humanity in a way that other writers don't quite touch on for me. So um, I know it sounds like I'm in, in, in the fan club, but 
this is new for me to feel this way, this strongly about a writer and a, uh, and a play. Mm -hmm. But um, so over the years, I've, I've even, uh, I had to see uh, like regional theater productions of it. I produced a regional theater production that I didn't, did not direct. And I've always thought it was strong, a strong play. But now I'm just, it's, it far exceeds what I thought before. And as a human being, as a, a person who loves theater and loves storytelling, I am profoundly uh, moved and affected by it as a human being, especially given the last two or three years after George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, COVID. Mm -hmm. I feel like this reminds me of what, of what life is, mm -hmm. and the cycle of life, mm -hmm. and how long and deep it is, and how we keep getting it wrong and getting it right, and you know what lessons do we learn? Have we learned? What lessons do we need to learn? So I just, I just thank Susan Laurie Parks for just, just being open to the universe to put this down and giving me an opportunity to, to work on such a fascinating piece. This is the first time the two of you have worked together. Is that right? I know. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm mad about that now. I know, right? Right? No, it was not. Nah, it's like, come on. It's Everything in this time, you know, I think this is the right time for us to work together. But I'm like, I really, and I'm no bullshit. It's just like, this has just been a great experience and a great process. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I love this human being. And um, likewise. Uh, yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> yeah. And how did the production come together now? What was what was the impetus for doing it now? It had been rolling toward, you know, because these years that uh, as Walter Mosley says years that end in zero, you know, mm. <laughs> you know, so it was like 10 past and we did a production over at Two River Theater in New Jersey mm. and then 20s coming and there were producers, I mean, this is how I know it came together, producers, specifically David Stone, who's, you know, Mr. Fabulous and yeah. has done awesome things like Wicked and a million other cool shows. Mm. And uh, he was, had been interested in it. And I was like, okay, so let's get Kenny. Mm. Right. <laughs> let's get Kenny. Let's get Kenny Leon. And yeah, I never worked with Kenny, but, but come on, Kenny, we, we, we had been to the same parties and we, we revolve and well you you're fabulous but you know i've been to some parties that you've been to <laughs> so it was just let's get kenny and we got kenny and then you know kenny got the brothers yeah isn't yeah. that how it happened man yeah i think we've been yeah we've been we've been dancing at the same parties and the <laughs> same panels and right. the same, in the same world and uh yeah, and I, and I remember when I sat down. I, well, well, no, David Stone called me and says, "I need you and uh, Susan Laurie Parks to talk." You know, and I said, "Okay." <laughs> so I remember you were doing a film project, and I was doing a film project. Right. And we were on the phone, and we were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." We talked a little bit. It was like, "Okay, go, go. Let's talk again." We talked again, and you know, I think we both had a feeling that we really wanted to do this, and we kind of moved pretty fast then. So, good. Yeah. You both mentioned the uh, the actors that you've got uh, playing mm -hmm. playing the two roles of Lincoln and Booth. Uh, tell me about tell me about them. Uh, Susan Laurie, for instance, I, I imagine you've seen a number of productions of Top Dog Underdog. What do you feel like these two actors are uh, bringing to the roles that maybe you've never seen before? 
Yeah, uh, that's a great question, man. Because they bring uh, specificity that I've never seen before. They bring a fearlessness. They're going to the place. Well, I, I mean, this is how I see it. You know, I'm I'm like sitting in the house watching them, but they're going to places that might frighten them. You know, mm. we talked. I think one of the first days, Kenny, didn't we, we talked about like in all my plays, in all my works, there's a there's a invisible net made out of love. And if you leap, the net will catch you and sustain you. Then that's what I say. But then working with actors and stuff, you know, I mean, you know, you hope they believe you. And they're going to places that like, shit, <laughs> I'm going to this deep place, past the place I thought was deep, you know? And they both do that um, in very different ways. Yaya and Corey are just fearless. And they're also, they, they get the mission, which like we are together with Kenny and Corey and Yaya and SLP, we are training, we are becoming sacred agents, agents of the sacred. And I, and, and we all get it. We all get that. So, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> what about Kenny for you? What's it like working with those two? How, are, how would you characterize well, them as actors? Well, it's great. I, I, I've always thought that, you know, in all these years of doing many, many Broadway shows and regional theater shows, I always say that the right people find, find the place. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't really cast plays. They cast themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. And from the beginning, I've always wanted to work with Corey. I didn't know a lot about Yaya. I saw him in uh, Chicago 7. I said, wow, he's, he's brilliant. Mm -hmm. But these, both of these guys had a passion to do the play. So they let it be known early in the process that they loved the play and they were interested mm -hmm. in doing it. And we played around with three or four different people and ended up with these two brilliant guys. And what I love about them is like... Um, you know, all of us do a little bit of TV and a little bit of film and a lot of theater. Mm -hmm. And I just think that they're all different from each other. But theater, it's just really different. And so we're taking advantage of the theater process because unlike film and television, we have rehearsal, we have uh, collaboration, we have time to observe the world we're trying to paint on the stage. And, and, and not, no one person has all of the answers. Sometimes it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a writer's, um, we need a writer's response. Sometimes they need a director's response and sometimes it's an actor response. So mm -hmm. we had that process where it's like, they completely trust what's on the page. So they completely are like, okay, we have to get the rhythm that Susan Laurie Parks put on the page. We can't make it be our rhythm. Let's find why she put that rhythm there. Oh, well, we can't watch ourselves, so we need to really trust that Kenny has a good eye on what we're doing, you know, and there's a reason that he's been doing it for so long. And I have to trust that they bring their 35-year-old selves to this, and they can teach us what's happening in the world with 35-year-olds as they confront humanity. So it's that perfect melding of process and the beauty of theater. And uh, I think we all look at this as a sacred time, a special time. Who knows when either one of them will do their next, next play? 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I love the fact that number one, they trust the writing. Number two, they believe in me, and they 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 believe in the nowness of of this play, doing this play right now, and um, that's just equal success. You know, the play is an important play to do right now. And like Susan Laura Park says, it's like the the play is defined by who's in it, who's doing it. You know, no disrespect to anybody that's done it before, you know, and uh, uh, Jeffrey Wright and Mostef and and the, the Durden brothers and yeah. all Don the Chino. many hundreds of men that have done this play mm-hmm. all over the world. The play catches all of them. The play, it's beautiful um, no matter who does it. But when you get guys like this who really complement each other, mm-hmm. now one actor is very, very physical. The other actor is very, very um, uh, intellectually internal. And you put them together and it's like, mm-hmm. wow, they're really brothers and they're really bringing all of themselves to this production. So it's, it's, it, it, it rings of uh, authenticity. Mm-hmm. What is the world of the play for maybe people who haven't uh, read it or seen it or read it or seen it lately? Um, what, like Susan Laurie, for you, what is the, how do you imagine how realistic is this play and wh- where does the world of this play exist for you? And has that changed over the years? You mean outside of the yeah, well, yeah, as you were building the world of the play itself. Um, These and... are people I knew, know. Well, mm. A lot of them are past, you know. Yeah. Uncles, cousins, brothers. These, you know, I mean, it's nobody. I didn't, like, copy anybody's story or anything mm. because I wrote it for all brothers. And then, by extension, because that's what a writer worth her salt or whatever the phrase is, <laughs> with her shit. Who knows her shit? <laughs> there you go. The writer who knows her shit will do. She will write specifically. And the more specifically she writes, the, the wider the arms, the wider the embrace, you know. Mm. Um, so these are, but it comes, it comes just right out of love. I've, and I think that's why it's so beautiful and so enduring. It comes out of the deep love I have for my people, human people, hmm. the desire that I, I, you know, it might, one of my, you know, I serve the most high spirit. So one of my jobs is to encourage people to wake up to the love that, you know, and any way I can do that. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so I don't know if I answered your question, but yeah, okay. yeah, I know, I know brothers like this. <laughs> yeah, I know all kinds of people, you know, and these are some people that I've, I've been knowing over the last, you know, 50, 60 years of my life. I'm almost 60. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have more with Susan, Laurie and Kenny right after the break. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now, here's more with the writer Susan Laurie Parks and director Kenny Leon. Kenny, for you, do you have a process for when you take on a new play and in terms of figuring out what your angle is as a director and what the... Well, number one thing, build that production? on all of my play, anything I work on, mm. I try to disappear. And um, mm. some people don't like that, but I like to disappear. It's like I, I want to be in, in, invisible, but mm. I'm, I'm there in a strong way. So... Uh, initially, I read a, a play, even if it's a play that's been around, I read it like five times, like back to back, as closely as I can read to it. Like, so in a day, I might read the play three times back to back, and then the next day, read it twice. Mm-hmm. And then I take out a sheet of paper, I'm old school, take out a piece of paper, and I write down what comes to my mind. What are the words? What are the metaphors that comes to my mind? So when I did that with this particular play, you know, love... Humanity, Cain and Abel, uh, Fable, mm-hmm. uh, Greek, Egypt, mm-hmm. all those things come to mind. And then I proceed from, from that piece of paper to my scenic design to say, okay, wh- where, where does the play live? And so for this, I wanted the play, I feel like the play for me said it was a big, it's a big play dealing with the intimate subject matter. It's a big play. So I didn't, I know my approach, it, it, it means that, oh, it's not just a year old or 20 years old. It's like 500 years old, 600 years old. I had a, I had a friend today call me because he had went to Egypt and Israel, Israel and Egypt. And it's like, he was telling me about his experience in Egypt for the first time and knowing how, how, how long black people have been on the planet. And it's like, so that ties into the way I see this play because it's that big, it holds that. Yes, American black man is at the center of it, but humanity is at the center of it. And the mm-hmm. beginning of time is at the center of it. So for me, the production is much, it was much longer and it's much bigger and it catches everybody. So like every play I do, I, 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 that's my process. I read it. I, for, I don't even try to put it in a place, in a time. I say, what comes to mind? What are the words come to mind? And then I look at it. When I open the play, I said, do I still feel those words? When people walk out the door, door do I feel love? Do I feel uh, all those things I talk about? What do I want them to feel walking out the door? Do I want them to feel... I want them to be uplifted. I don't want them to be depressed. I want them to feel human. Mm-hmm. And... Mm. And I think we've um, we've sort of accomplished that. Mm-hmm. And for you, Susan Laurie, do you have a sense of where Top Dog Underdog sits in your body of work in terms of how it might uh, how it might have been the start of a new thread of writing for you, or the capstone mm-hmm. of a of a of a phase for you, or do you have a sense of what it what it means for you? She loves all of her particular? children. She loves yeah. all of her children. <laughs> He loves all of her children. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Equally. Uh, Yes. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. And they all, because they all have a sort of like different 
superpowers. Mm. Uh, so Top Gun, it's like uh, suddenly like an arch appeared, like a portal. That's what it is. I love Doctor Strange, you know, especially <laughs> Doctor Strange, the first Doctor Strange. And, you know, when he, you know, he's making those, I wish you could see, my camera doesn't work. Anyway, mm. he's making those portals, da -da 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 -da, mm -hmm. like that. Top Dog opened a whole portal for me. Mm. And I stepped through it. And then I was on a totally different landscape where I was able to do all that time making those spells and charms in the off-off-Broadway theater. I was now ready to sing the song in a way that uh, was even more powerful, you know, and I'm not talking about audience size or anything. Mm. I'm talking about, I, it, I can't describe it, but, <laughs> oh yeah, you know, suddenly the, the, mm. the, the work, it, it could be heard in a, in a different way. Mm. And so, and, and I had been working on all those skills and now, and since then, yeah, it's, it, uh, you know, you could see it as, I mean, maybe 20 years ago, I was like, whoa, this is big. This is a lot. I'm on the top of a mountain. And in the last 20 years, I've, cl I feel as if I've climbed, it was only the beginning of something to which, and now even with like Plays for the Plague Years or Sally and Tom yeah. at the Guthrie, it's, I'm, it's a whole nother thing. So, yeah. so I don't know if I answer your question, blah, blah, you can edit it. You can no, you it. did. That's great. <laughs> and actually, that leads me into Sally and Tom. Can you tell us a little bit about that play and uh, yeah. what you're learning about the show is you're, you're in, you just started yeah. performances right now, right? Yeah, we, we, yeah. yeah we're opening tonight. Yeah. Um, uh, it, you know, talk, you know, so there's Lincoln and Booth mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the, the, the pair, the, the divine pair of, uh, and then, and there's, and Sally and Tom is another divine couple mm. um i'm speaking metaphorically and mythologically mm. um the the opposites um and i'm just I'm, you know i'm talking about this like having written the play you know what i'm saying i don't think like this when i'm writing the play i'm like what the fuck is a story that's what i think mm. um, but anyway so here they are and this it's not just about it's not history porn it's not like thomas jefferson and sally hemmings or sally hemmings and thomas jefferson right it's called sally and tom her name's mm. first it's not history porn, although people would like that. Mm. But uh, it's it's about how the world is made. Mm. It's very much about how the world is made. It's a, it's a it's a it's about a group of people who are putting on a play about Sally Hemings and Thomas Jefferson, or the fact that Sally Hemings and Thomas Jefferson are allowing themselves to be subjects of a play put on by some people. Mm. And it's not just about race. I mean, pe things that people are like. Oh, let's talk about race. Oh. And whatever, what else, what else we got? You know what I'm saying? Can we talk about humanity? I love it, Kenny. It's like, yeah, these works that we're doing are encouraging people to be human. Hello? Mm. <laughs> and to, to continue to create civilization, which is one of the things I believe that we as artists 
can do. It's our superpower. And we toss it away to just be what they used to call glee men, you know, the ones who entertain only and feed each other sugar and buy shit that we don't need. Instead of singing the great song. <laughs> so anyway, oh, I'm on my soapbox. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And Kenny, you are uh, going straight from Top Dog Underdog to Ohio State Murders, uh, mm. which is a play by Adrian Kennedy that is uh, having its Broadway debut finally. Um, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about that and how does, how, I mean, you're in deep in Top Dog Underdog right now, but do you feel like that play, Top Dog, is in, is in conversation with Ohio State Murders at all? A hundred percent. You know, I used to... I mean, I ran a big theater, then I ran a small theater uh, as artistic director, yeah. and I've always, I was always interested in how plays talk to each other in a given season. So for me personally, mm. you know, you, I, I'm not trying to force shows out of my head. I'm trying to invite them in. So I've been like, I've been listening to Top Dog talk to uh, Ohio State Murders for about a year now, yeah. and they're they're. And in deep conversation, and it, uh, it it impacts each other, and the music is different, uh, but there's similarities between life and death in both of them. Mm -hmm. They are both uh, written by um, by uh, two women, uh, so it's like how I interface with the women artists in my life. Uh, I'm excited to work with Audrey McDonald on that project. It's uh, so yeah, they talk to each other. They don't get in each other's way. I don't fight my own mind. I am I invited in. It's like okay, keep talking. I'm gonna listen. It's like SLP says you gotta you gotta listen. So I've been listening for a long time, and uh, and I'm excited to start that uh, in about ten days. Yeah, mm. and it is also the Broadway debut of Adrian Kennedy, who is one of those like hugely influential playwrights who uh, has not been on Broadway until now. Can you talk a little bit about why you know what I love, the importance you know, of that? Go ahead. Yeah, what I love about that, I, 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 I read a lot of Adrian Kennedy in college. Hmm. And I guess because of the subject matter of her plays, they were rich and deep and dealing with death and um, pain. And, and I guess some people said those weren't commercial ideas. Hmm. What I love about her and what I love about Susan Laurie Parks they just wrote the shit. They just wrote the stuff. <laughs> they just like we just we're just writing truth. And 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 you know, not every play needs to be on Broadway or should be on Broadway. And it's not any hierarchical thing like that, you know. But um, for her, since she was fifteen, she always wanted to have her play on the Broadway stage. Mm -hmm. And she's ninety-one years old, yeah. and it never happened. But she's so happy that it's happening now. And this is the time for it, for it to happen. But I love the fact that she wasn't trying to get her plays to Broadway. She was just trying to write truth and to impact lives and to know that I'm a part of that now, that the rest of the world really gets to know her and meet her through her writings. And for years and years uh, from now, more people will know about her and know about her beautiful work. She's, she's written some great plays, Funny House of the Negro, The Owl Answers. Uh, but I am excited to, to do the work. And it's like, you know, the work that Broadway has been trying to do in the community to try to, and we got a long way to go. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. 
you know, white, black, the industry. We got a long way to go, just like we got a long way to go in America. So the fact that we're telling more stories, uh, a wider variety of stories, I think that's important. And I think we got to keep, we got to keep doing it. You know, we got to, you know, it's like the next Adrian Kennedy should be able to get her play on Broadway when she's 15, if the work is of quality work. Uh, so I'm excited to do that, and I'm excited to uh, be the first play in the James Earl Jones's yeah. uh, theater. Yeah. So, um, you know, yeah, but the plays, you know, and then when Ohio State Murders is up and running, at the same time Top Dog is running, all these plays will talk to each other. You know what I mean? It's like, wow. you know, you can you can see Top Dog on 45th and then go to 48th and see Ohio State Murders and then go see the piano lesson mm-hmm. on uh, 47th and mm-hmm. then go see Death of a Salesman on 44th, is it? You know, and then you can go and see Stopper's work on, you know, just see all of it, see all of the stories. So that's what I'm mm-hmm. most excited about. Mm-hmm. For both of you, as we are coming out of the the lockdown and uh you know having been through all we've been through since uh the pandemic hit do you think differently about the kinds of projects that you are initiating or gravitating toward what's your what's your uh what guides you now um as opposed to maybe how you were thinking about your work and your career uh previous to that uh, susan large let's start with you yeah so thanks uh- First, just to tack on uh, mm. something about Adrian Kennedy. I mean, for me, she has always been an inspiration, a lighthouse, mm. a brilliant, amazing soul sister mm. who has made a way uh, when when there was no way, or it looked like there was no way. You know what I'm saying? Um, and she's also a lot of fun to hang out with, mm. yeah. <laughs> um, as I've hung out with her. So I just want to you know, send some love her way also. Yeah. Um, but so coming out of COVID, what do you, is that what you, that was your question, right, Matt? Yeah. What, <laughs> how do you think about the shows you're making and what the shows you want to make going forward? Yeah, that's a great question. Coming out of COVID and coming off of working on, you know, some TV and film stuff, Genius Aretha, United States versus Billy Holiday. Right. It's, 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 I am, not no longer afraid to be my authentic self and you know that means a whole host of things but yeah i'm just gonna stand around and say people like yeah i'm a servant i serve the i serve the higher purpose i uh am going to continue to do my best work i was never a slacker you know um (laughs) Uh, I am going to be loving and generous to my collaborators. I'm going to, uh, through everything I do, you know, invite people to have a seat at the table. Uh, It's just so important that I continue to show up and continue to take risks. I mean, plays for the play gear. I'm going to be on stage with 23 songs I wrote, singing my songs and doing these plays. That's just like, what? Uh, but you know, there I'm going to be mm-hmm. while, so while top dog is running yeah, on Broadway, this beautiful production that we got, I'm going to be doing this little crazy thing down at Joe's pub. So it's just real important to, uh, be present and, and sing the song mm. capital S song. Yeah. 
What about for you, Kenny? Well, I think for me, not to sound any, any way, it's like I think that a lot of people, including a lot of people who are not here anymore, like the great Charles Fuller just passed on and August Wilson and Ruby D and Isaac Davis, and I think a lot of people, Douglas Turner Ward, a lot mm -hmm. of people have been doing the work for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the world is catching up with those ideas, you know? So I, I'm doing, we've been doing these plays for 20 or 30 years, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, you know, uh, when George Floyd passed away, uh, uh, Leo Volick, a producer, said, Kenny, I want to do the right thing. What do, what do you really want to do? What are you dying to do that you haven't done? And I said, I want to do Melvin Van Peebles' Ain't Supposed to Die a Natural Death, but nobody's mm -hmm. going to produce that. And she says, I'll produce it. I'll get the 15 million. So, you know, we're going to end up doing that, you know, uh, you know, the plays we're doing now, plays that I've always wanted to do. So I'm not going to, I'm not thinking differently. Maybe in like, for instance, no one ever thinks about me for plays like Our Town. Mm. But now when I made it known, like, no, 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 there's a way to do Our Town in a way that includes everybody. And I want to do that production. So I am going to do Our Town. Um, oh, cool. Next next year yeah. but okay. the other stuff you know so i want to do our town and i grew up in the south and and i taught you know the portrait of tennessee williams for a while and it's like one while in the past they were like five or six tennessee williams plays like in an 18 month span mm -hmm. and i didn't get one interview and i was like can i mm -hmm. at least get an interview because there's so many things that define me you know and you know mm -hmm. the south and poetry and you know, mm -hmm. so so I think now maybe I get invited to more of those rooms. I want to also help build a better industry. I want to do my part to help help younger folks get in a position to tell their stories. I want to help my white brothers uh, uh, do a better job in some of their positions on Broadway. I want to, you know, I want to diversify. I want to do all that stuff. But in terms of how I look at the work, the stories I'm, that that speak to me, are still the same stories that speak to me, stories that uplift civilization, stories that bring us closer together, stories that, as corny as it sounds, that speaks on love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we can't wait to see everything you both have uh, coming up, uh, including Top Dog Underdog, uh, which opens uh, pretty soon. So um, thank you both for taking the time to chat with me. It was great to talk, and uh, we look forward to seeing the show. That was writer Susan Laurie Parks and director Kenny Leon, whose production of Top Dog Underdog is now on Broadway. If you like what you're hearing on this and other episodes of Stagecraft, I'd really appreciate it if you took the time to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us grow our audience of folks who love theater as much as you and I do. Or tell a friend about Stagecraft, or give us a shout out on social media. Find past episodes and subscribe at all the pod purveyors, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on the Broadway Podcast Network, which is a great place to find more theater for your ears. Until next episode, find me on Twitter at GCoxVariety. Thanks for listening, and see you at the theater. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. 
part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There is enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 